Good evening, everyone. I am Bonnie. And I'm Jason. And this is Real Life with a Couple of Therapists. So, what are we, remind me what we're talking about tonight. We're still talking about the sleep behavior. Right. Problems. Okay. And why are we talking about this for three whole episodes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm feeling like we bit off more than we could chew. Um. You know, I, I've, uh, because I can't help it, we've, it's been a week since we did the last one. Right. And so I've just been thinking about all the stuff that I didn't say and, you know, uh, yeah, kind of working with that. But we're, we're now going to talk about the interventions, which is kind of the whole reason that we wanted to do this in the first place. Right. But we needed to lay, lay a little groundwork yeah. before then. Sure. So, so we're going to finish up, finish strong with the talking about all the interventions that that I've been doing. Um, pretty much all of the ones we're going to talk about are ones that I've tried. Right. Um, I don't think, yeah, I, there's nothing to that I'm really bringing up that I haven't tried. So from a therapist's point of view. Yeah, from a therapist's point of view. Okay. Right. So this is these are some of the things that I've tried and just kind of talk a little about how they've worked, you know, and some of the, the pitfalls. Okay. And try to uh, reference some material here. Also okay. making sure that I want to uh, provide like a resource page because a lot of the stuff I use is I've collected worksheets and things over the years and I kind of wanted to share some of those. Okay. And um, where could folks find those? Um, I don't know. Uh, in the show notes. In the show notes. Yeah, yes. we'll link them in the show notes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> now I know. Yeah, they'll be linked in the show notes. You're the computer person. I am the computer yeah. person okay. and the design person. So. Okay. And why are we just to, in case this is the only one that folks jump into, why did you decide to talk about this in the first place? Well, this is something that in my practice, this is a common reoccurring problem that parents and kids have right and exactly. whether it's the presenting problem or not meaning that's the reason that i see them in the first place right um sometimes it, it is not mm-hmm. but sleep has so much to do especially for kids with behavior right and um, hyperactivity and all of that kind of stuff so this is an important one uh to really talk about and right. plus i've found that um, when I work with parents that I meet for an assessment, especially, um, I've been, there's a lot of stuff that I say that's sort of repeated. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to put it down and maybe have this as a resource for right. parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, also to, even if it's a, an assessment, because oftentimes in an assessment, we only have an hour. Right. And so it's usually like the next time we meet, we're going to actually make a treatment plan. Like, we'll make the goals and stuff, but we won't actually plan it out. And sometimes we have to get a little more in-depth, more than that hour, to really do a full assessment. Right. Um, so this way, they could kind of listen in advance and hear the kind of stuff 
that we're talking about as far as what interventions look like. Right, yeah. So it just gives a little education. Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention is, like you said, that it's one of those things that you come across commonly and you're always talking about how everybody's unique, and but that is, this is something that a lot of people face. So if you have stumbled upon this because you are struggling with bedtime, you are not alone. Nope. And we have this struggle in our house as well. Um, I think we only had one curtain call tonight, right? Because of a blankie, a a the same color blankie, the colored blankie goes that goes missing. Yeah, I and mean, it was in the it was in the van. We had to go out and and find it in the van, and then he's been in bed ever since. So, but you know, just so you know, you're not alone. You're not the only parent that's struggling with this, and there are some some things that uh, that you can try. So right. hang on. Okay. All right. So what do you want to start with? Well, okay. I, I do just, you know, when, as I mentioned, I was thinking, and I, I do want to, there's something that we had touched on. Let's do just a qu- real quick sum up. We've, okay. we've, we've talked about that generally before we're ready to, to jump into some sort of intervention, and this is actually part of an intervention, but you know we're we're talking about um, getting down a routine bedtime, right? Okay, and and that's sort of our foundation. The bedtime is when it starts. We start a clock. It's usually about twenty mm-hmm. to thirty minutes. We're starting a routine. It's going to be the same, hopefully, right. pretty much every day. Especially for kids that have hyperactive because they're at like a 10. Sure. So for them to go from a 10 to a zero, a zero being sleep, that it's not easy to go straight from a 10 to a zero. So giving them some time through that predictable bedtime routine to come down 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, and then on into beds. Right. Can be really helpful. That's right. Yeah, and sometimes and that can fix the problem right there. It, right? Oftentimes it it or at least gets it under control mm-hmm. and and gives us a sense of control. Right. So the kids need to get used to a routine bedtime. Right. And uh, yeah, so a lot of times with we, we talked about that a lot mm-hmm. um, with the you know so we so we have a bedtime uh, routine that we're setting and. So one thing that I, what I had talked about was the sleep onset association and, you know, how, how we look at, at that. And I, I want to explain just a little more about okay. it because what's important is I mentioned it as far as how we look at it, at diagnostics and how we diagnose and, and sleep onset association is something that we all have. Okay. Okay. So. What is that in like lay terms? Yeah. So basically, <laughs> look at it this way. I'll give you an example. Okay. okay? Um, here's my sleep onset association. Okay. My brain, it, when I go to bed, I'm 48. Okay. So when I go to bed, I have a body pillow. Oh, yeah. I, I'm familiar with the body pillow. Yes. I've had it for many, many years. Yes. And uh, I sleep with it every night. I, it, is in a certain position and I lay in a certain position. Yes. And when it's time for me to actually sleep, right? I'm in mm-hmm. bed, I use that and then I go to sleep. Right. Okay. So let's say that it's um late August and we go to the beach and we 
go forget. to a hotel and we forget. We forget the body yes. flow. This has happened before, right. yes. And so what happens, there's, right? There's whining. That's what happens. <laughs> well, right. So <laughs> it so, sounds a little bit like I can't find my color blankie. <laughs> yes. So what happens is um, uh, now I'm an adult, right? So it's like, oh man, okay, it's not here. So what do I do? I mean, I I'm able to, you know, I have some distress tolerance skills. You know, right. I'm not, you know, I, I, it's like, okay, well, this is no good. I'm starting, my brain's starting to be like, okay, go buy another one. I don't right. want to do that, you know. So what do I do? I, you know, use other pillows, try to kind of makeshift something. Mm-hmm. I toss and turn. It's hard right. to sleep. Um, I don't go to sleep as fast. Uh, wake up the next day. Wasn't great sleep. Right. right. Okay. So that's because my brain has associated actually falling asleep to that pillow. Right. We all have something. I was going to say, is that why I always have a hard time sleeping in other places? Like if I go to somebody's house and I'm sleeping in their guest bed or yes. in a hotel, like I just don't sleep as well. Yes. So, you know, white noise. Some people like fans. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, like the TV on. Okay. So we, we call those, the those are the, um, those are what we would call positive uh, associations. Okay. Right. Right. So when we're talking about kids, so they have that same thing too. But what has happened is usually when it becomes a problem is the parent has become the body pillow. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and in just like the, my story with the hotel. So, you know, we stayed there, what, five nights, six nights or something. Mm-hmm. By night number six, it was not so bad. Right. Okay. Yeah. But so it, we can change this. It, right, it is changeable. Yeah. But remember, children do not have, they're not a 48-year-old who can, you know, kids are not able to internally deal with this turmoil and right. distress like we do. Right. So they act it out, right? Mm-hmm. And the longer it goes and the longer we've had it, the more we associate, it's stronger. So, it, you know, right, but it's something we're looking at those, changing. There's probably neural neural pathways that sure. are you know, but we also know that there's neuroplasticity and we can change those, but right. it does take some time and, and yeah. some repetition. And that's right. And then looking at relational frames and, so, you know, there's a bunch of, a lot of different theories we could kind of use to show how that works. Right. right? So what we're trying to do here is we're, when we're doing interventions, so I, I want to talk about that. That's an important piece is that sleep onset association. Usually when there's something that has to, the common thread for whatever the reason is that we have this happening. The common problem here is that onset association is now skewed, or I don't want to say skewed, that's not the right word, but basically it's been applied to um, a stimulus, right, mm-hmm. which is not going to work, which is the parent. Right, right, right. right? Or the parent's bed. Right. Yeah, something that's unsustainable versus like, so you're saying that all, that on, that, that sleep onset associations are not necessarily a bad thing. Right. So what we're talking about here is a negative sleep onset association, right? right? So, so we, the color blankie is not necessarily a problem. Correct. As long as we keep up with it. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, yeah. objects can be sometimes, like if they're very specific and they, you know, um, so like a lot of times we would think of like television, keeping the TV on, is that considered a positive, but there can be some negative consequences to it, right? Right, yeah. Um, so now we're getting personal because right. you're going to start criticizing my sleep no, with I'm the not, TV no, on. No. <laughs> okay. So, so what I, 
what I want to talk will, about. I will, like, pro tip for new parents, though, if your kid associates with something like that, like a, like a stuffed animal or a blanket or something, and you can go back, you know, if it comes from a big box store or somewhere where you can get an extra one, grab an extra one or two and stick them in the closet. So then when they lose them, you have a backup. So mm-hmm. that's just one of my pro tips. Right. So. So now we have that association, right? Now we're, now we know it's a problem because the parent is, is somehow been associated. We're going to change that. Right. Now it's going to matter. And again, this is why it's so important to get an assessment. If you know, is like, it's, it's resulting in these behaviors when the parent's trying to, like, not be that association anymore. Right, which is a legitimate thing. And I think that's sure. important for parents to know, too, because that's one of the things we talked about in one of the other episodes. Go back and listen to that. Like, what when is it a problem? Because you matter, too. And I really feel like sometimes we've swung with some of the, the newer parenting models that swung away from children not mattering, children being seen and not heard, and all of those things. And now we have swung to the point where the parents' needs don't matter, and that is not good to model either sure. um, for our children. So yeah. it, it is okay to prioritize your needs right. when it comes to your children. Well, not and, only and for your own sake, you'll be a better parent, mm-hmm. but also it's good to it's good to model that for your children. To right. see that your needs matter too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what? Okay. So now, of course, we're 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 looking at like what is we we have these behaviors. So it's refusing to go to bed, mm-hmm. um, curtain calls, right? Which is like mm-hmm. basically coming out of bed. We need a glass of water. We need something to eat. We need another story. We need you know on we and on. You gotta and on. pee. Yeah. Right. We're stalling bedtime. Yeah. Uh, we have where we're we're crying and screaming and demanding, right? Now, these behaviors are happening, so the question is, you know, what is the function of the behavior? Right, yeah. Okay, so we would know pretty much pretty clear that that association is part of it that's right. happening. But is there something else? Right. Right? Is there anxiety, fear, recurrent nightmares? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we want to look at that. We also want to look and make sure there's no medical problems, trauma, right? Severe trauma, uh, severe anxiety, like separation anxiety or or generalized anxiety disorders. Right. Which just mean, you know, like daytime anxiety. Right, we're right. So if we're just talking about, I want to start with just kind of the baseline of like, now this, you know, is more of a behavioral thing. It's that association. We, you know. This child is not really daytime having anxiety. We'll talk about that a little more. But just starting at the base, like basically we have this kid that is does okay during the day. Yep. But at nighttime, man. Well, just, this we had that the other night. Yes. It was, I'm scared. I'm scared of those monsters. I'm scared of the dark. I'm scared of this. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Right. I'm so scared. Cry, cry, cry. Yeah. But okay. like, kiddo loves to turn the lights off. Right. It downstairs. And, and so we're we always yelling at, at him to turn the lights, but not yelling. We don't yell. Uh, <laughs> but we're always uh, instructing him to turn the lights back on. So it, it's not a consistent behavior. It appears to be, the function appears to be avoiding sleep. Sure. Yes. And and because we, we also know him and, and we've observed him, and there's not really a fear of the dark there. Mm-mm. He's just saying he has a fear of the dark because he's trying to come up with any reason to stall bedtime. Right. 
right? Yeah. So th- that looks a little different than if we had some real anxiety going on. Right, okay? yeah, because we're not, we're not advocating for dismissal of all of children's feelings. Like, we're, we're, not, we're not advocating for that. Like, we're advocating for looking at the function of the, the behavior function, yes, and determining exactly whether, right. yeah. Exactly. So we and we know this kid. He he he. <laughs> we know him okay. Yeah, we know him okay. He he knows how to push those buttons. Right. So it's important to see what the function is because mm-hmm. it's going to matter to fr- to find an a- an actual effective intervention. Right. Right. All right. So with something like that, then the the go to strategy is extinction. Right. That's what we call extinction. Okay. And and there's there's extinction and there's graduated extinction. Right. So basically extinction, that's sort of like full all in up front, or are we doing it slow and gradual, which will take more time. Right. Okay. And extinction is basic, like as what I understand of extinction from the work that the behavioral work that I've done is basically just stopping the reinforcement of that behavior. So if, you know, the, the kid has said, I'm scared, and you go, okay, I'm so sorry, come get in my bed, mm-hmm. then that's the positive reinforcement. So the extinction just means that you you stop reinforcing that behavior and you start insisting that they actually go to bed and sleep in their bed. Right. So, right. yeah. So fancy y- word for that. Sure. Extinction, we're, we're basically trying to get a behavior to stop. And, right. Uh, so we're, so we're, we're changing the, the reward or the mm-hmm. actual consequence yep. to where it's ending up something else so that they'll, they'll choose another strategy to get what they need. Right. Okay. So we, we're basically what our goal here is, is we want our child to learn how to fall asleep without the parent being present. Correct. That's, that's as simple as it gets. Right. Okay. And, and that right now we're, we're not able to do that because the behaviors are getting in the way. Right. Okay. So we're we're going to talk about the some of the interventions we do. Okay. To, to try this, right? So there's three three ways, and and one thing I I want to say is that I've I have been using this. I'll tell you guys. You know, I want to tell you where I learned it from. Mm-hmm. Originally, I I've been you know, kind of doing this has been making me kind of dig up my old books and, you know, because it's like I've been doing it for so long. Uh, sometimes I kind of forget exactly where, where I got it from. Right. You know, so I've been, I've been doing that. So the, the book I, I really want to, that I have used for pediatric sleep um, is the pediatric sleep problems. And that was by, um, it's a like a clinician's guide to behavioral intervention. And that was from Dr. Lisa Metzer and Valerie Crabtree. Okay, so that's okay. a book you can you find out there. It's one for clinicians. Okay, and, and we'll link that in the. Yeah, uh, we'll link that. We'll link it in the, the show notes. And I love that. I loved it. I love that book, and because the way it categorizes everything makes it really fluid right. um, for clinicians. Right. Okay. So. Basically, the the three methods that we're we're looking at, and we sort of design them around. Usually, we present it to the parents and say, like, "Hey, I got a few ideas," Mm -hmm. and we throw this out. And really, the 
big question is, which ones are the parents able to actually do? Right, yeah, because they're right. the ones that have to do this hard work. Yes. It's hard work, and also they feel bad. Mm-hmm. They feel like, you know, they have to hear the crying, the screaming, watch the vomiting, uh, you know, and it's pulling on them. Yeah, you know, depending on feel... how, how extreme the behaviors are. Right. Um, I just want to throw in a plug for parents having therapists, too. Like, if you... Um, you know, if your kid, if you're really struggling with your kid's behavior, um, getting your own therapist is a great idea um, because you need you need support too. So, um, and keep in mind that if your if your kid is seeing a therapist, that that therapist is your kid's therapist. They're not your therapist, so they can help you and they can help you with you know some you know interventions and stuff. But it's if your kid is struggling, then you're probably struggling too. And, um, you know, reach out for that help yourself because it'll, it'll help you be better, um, an even better parent. So what's okay. the next intervention? So, well, let's, yeah. So let's start with that. Oh, the, that extinction's the, the first extinction's one. I want to go. The first one. Okay. So what we're, you know, we've talked about what the goal is. So basically what we're going to try to do is, is we're going to gradually, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this with, with the graduated okay. extinction because I think most people do this. I, I haven't worked with anyone yet that has just done the full-on extinction, you know. Yeah, it's tough. Good luck to you, shut the door, and, you know, I, I it just... Because there's a phenomenon called an extinction burst, and right. what you generally happens when you remove the, the positive reinforcer that has been there, then the behavior that has that has elicited the positive reinforcement is going to increase. So it's going to get better. I mean, it's going to get worse before it gets better because they're going to increase to see if they can um, get that positive reinforcement to return. So, yeah. So an extinction burst is very normal. It's very normal. Well, and it's a good sign that it's working. Right. Which sounds backwards. Yeah. So right. just know it's going to get worse before it gets better, exactly. but then it will get better. Right. So so the first thing we do is is we're going to, you know, again, kind of assuming that most of the time what ends up happening is parents have to be in the room mm-hmm. for them to fall asleep, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to gradually withdraw the, the presence of the parent. Right. Okay, that's the first one. So what, what I have usually recommended is, okay, because a lot of times what happens is the parents are in bed with them. Right. Right, laying there next to them, cuddle. They're asking for reassurance or talking, mm-hmm. and eventually they fall asleep. Then the parent can get up. Right. Okay. So, what we're gonna do the the first the gradual withdrawal is where you you go ahead and and from that baseline of staying there, what we're gonna first do is we're gonna check our own response as a parent. Okay. So we're going to stop make sure that as we lay there we're almost you know laying there like a zombie mm-hmm. okay so we go ahead and lay down and when they talk to us try to engage us in conversation we're just going to get a canned response that we're going to say over and over which is something along the lines you know they can choose what this is but something along the lines of i love you it's bedtime go to sleep mm-hmm. you know ah, da, 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 da. i love you it's bedtime go to sleep and we're just gonna we're just going so we're doing our role right, but we're becoming less positive, 
right? Well, and we're becoming less engaging. Yeah. I, so it's not it's not allowing them to stay awake. Or I guess we could say less reinforcing. But yeah, we're less right? reinforcing. Because we're giving less comfort or reward from this behavior, mm-hmm. right? So, so we're, we're not engaging in them continuing to stay awake. Like, because I think sometimes the kids like are like mine have um, like wanted to chat with me. Sure. In order to stay awake longer. Sure. So. So, you know, th- this this works pretty good with older kids. And, and it's okay, I, I should have started with, you can tell them that this is going to happen. Right. Like we're, we're doing this. This is how it's going to yeah, look. Yeah, it, it doesn't need to be a secret. Sure. Um, so, anyway, we're doing, so we're doing that. Okay, so we're just doing the same, but we're, we're making sure that our response, so also we're not cuddling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, like, usually a lot of times we're holding them, you know, so they can sleep, scratching their back rubbing their head, so we're going to stop that. We're just going to lay there, mm-hmm. okay? We don't need to be stiff as a board, like, you know, pretending we're dead or something, but, you know, we're, we're not engaging. We're, yeah. So we start that for, for about, you know, five days. Okay. Okay, and, and then after that, uh, we're, gonna, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to move off of the bed. Mm-hmm. So we're going to lay on the floor next to the bed okay. and then do it mm-hmm. and do that for another few days. And then, then we're going to move to the door, like mm-hmm. near the door away from the bed. Right. Okay. For another few days. And then the hall outside of the door, but they, we can still be seen for another mm-hmm. five days. Okay. Okay. And then eventually out in the hallway. And then mm-hmm. that, that's what that looks like. Right. 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 Okay. So I, I know it, Sounds so simple, but you know that three to five days or or whatever we're going to wait to we're going to talk about like what kind of responses we're going to see. We're still going to have whining. We still want my, my back scratched and all of that kind of stuff. So it may t- take a little longer, mm-hmm. right? But we're just trying to get them used to that, right? Right. right. And so uh, what I think is is a good response in real life. Is if you know we're we're giving that sort of like it's bedtime, go to sleep. You know that's all we're saying. But if we're getting a lot of behavior, that's you know we're starting to yell, we're starting to get angry, then we basically offer an alternative, which is well, I can I can do this, or I can I can go outside mm-hmm. the door and sit out there, right? Right. We're so right. we're it's like look, we I'm giving you two choices. Which one do you want? Right. Okay. We're not gonna like it, but right. the, You know we're we're learning. As parents to stay firm here and follow it's, through right and set boundaries right. set limits so i love choices what, what do you think of that one that sounds really good it sounds very like humane from you know because i do tend to kind of fall more on the gentle parenting um side of things mm-hmm. so i like that you know you're not just going from zero to one you're not just like i'm abandoning you you know and there's plenty of opportunities to, you know, be reassuring and talk to them in the morning about how they're great they did and, right. you know, and still be there. You know, your presence is still there. Um, and as you get further and further away, you're able to talk about, like, look how awesome you did. And see, now mommy can sit by the door and you right. did fine. And now I can sit outside and you did fine. And, right. you know, those sorts of things. So, and, and we talked about last time, what we want to just be doing more in general is, is providing praise. Right? Absolutely. So we're going to provide praise like the next morning. Hey, mm-hmm. good job. Good job last night. Yeah. Right. Uh, give some brave talk. Hey, that was really brave. You know, I know that was hard, but you know, you did a great job. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've really found in changing my language is, you know, moving away from that you're fine mm-hmm. to either you're going to be fine or you're safe. Sure. Or you're, because, I mean, it, it's it, it's pretty clear they're not, they don't feel fine. Mm-hmm. So you telling them you're fine can feel dismissive, but you're safe, you know, you're in your room, your room is safe. That's a true statement that doesn't invalidate how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or you can even validate what they're feeling. I know you're feeling scared, but you are safe. Right. Um, and or I know you're feeling scared and I know you are brave. So like we can validate their feelings and still um, set limits. Yes. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, the other thing we want to look at is. Um, the time to provide that we're, we're deferring that time that we would spend reassuring them, scratching their back, all of that, put that in the bedtime routine. I was going to say that too, because yeah. I have one that loves to have his back scratched right. and um, I talked to him and I think this is also a great opportunity to talk to your kids if they're older about what is important to them and what does help them go to sleep. Sure. Yeah. And include that in the bedtime routine. Like yes. our bedtime routine has been developed by talking to our now six-year-old about what he likes. And right. we added a song, which now means I have to do the bedtime every night because I'm the one that has to sing. Or but, part of it. Or part of it. Yes, right. I have to do part of the bedtime. So, um, but yeah, like he likes to be, he likes for me to sing and he likes to have his back scratched. And we could do that during the bedtime and the singing part so um, if that's something that that they find really comforting that doesn't have to be completely eliminated it mm-hmm. can just be included into the bedtime right into that bedtime routine right so um one thing too is that now for you know we're talking about the starting initiating sleep right after bedtime so we know that we have kids that do curtain calls in the middle of the night so what you would do is if we have a curtain call they come in, let's say that usually they jump in bed and fall asleep with us. Mm-hmm. Then what we'll do is we'll take them back to bed and then we're going to repeat it. We're going to lay there, act right. the same. When they fall asleep, get up. Right. Okay. Whatever or wherever, we did at the beginning. Yes, wherever we are in, in that cycle. Right. So if it's laying on the floor or laying next to the door. Okay. So we're just treating it the same way. We're, we're basically taking away the reward. Mm-hmm. Or, or greatly diminishing how attractive it is mm-hmm. uh, to where the alternative is, you know, really just the same. Right. If I just sleep on my own. Okay? Right. So. Because I'm just going to, they're just going to walk me back to bed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. All right. So, another okay. one we do. So, this is st- still part of extinction, but, um, you know, that's for some kids. What may, or what parents may like better is looking at like increasing. Um, we want to like increase the duration of the parents' absence. Okay, so same thing. We're doing the same thing, same goal in mind, but we're just changing the strategy. Right? Okay. Okay. So with this one, we're we're minding how long it takes. And when we're kind of creating and getting used to the uh, bedtime routine, see if we can monitor and figure out an average of how long it takes for them to fall asleep. Right, which is another part of that, like, assessment baseline and why it's important to monitor that for a little bit before you just go in and start changing stuff. 
So for argument's sake, we're let's say it's 30 minutes, okay? okay? On average. So what we're going to do, we're going to do the same thing. You know, we're stuck sleeping there, all of that. But instead, so what we're going to do is we're going to lay there, and then halfway, we're going to go in the halfway mark. At halfway, we're going to take a break. Okay. okay, so 15 minutes, we're going to take a one-minute break. And again, we've, taught, we've talked to them about this. They know it's coming. Yeah. So we get up, and you can say whatever you want, right? You know, okay, I'm going to take a break, or I'm going to go brush my teeth, or something. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to return in a minute. And okay. then lay there until they fall asleep. Okay. okay so we're, we're just putting it in, in the middle. Right. When we get back, you know, we're giving them praise. Hey, good job. It's gone for a minute. You did good. Mm-hmm. Very brave. Okay, next night, two minutes. Mm-hmm. Two minute break. Next night, three minute break. Next mm-hmm. night, four minutes. And we're just incrementally going up um, until they sleep on their own. Right. Okay, eventually they're just going to sleep during the break. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so for some parents, you know, now you think, well, they'll just wait. They'll just keep themselves up. True. But over time, if we continually do this, they were waiting for sleep to happen on its own. They're not willing to do it. Mm-hmm. But if we know if they lay there long enough, night after night, it will happen, and then it's going to change that association. Right. Right? So we're just giving that chance and that buy-in to do that. Right. It's it's the same concept as potty training, I would think, where you just set them on the potty every so often, hoping to catch um yes something yes. so right. that yeah, you good. make yeah. the associate so that they make the association mm-hmm. oh okay this is where it goes that's i right. see that's right so you're kind of doing you're kind of hoping that they'll fall asleep right. while you're not there so and then you can go oh my gosh that was so good right now if we end up having a curtain call during our break then we send them right back and then and then continue so that tells us that the, it's gone too long so we cut the break back so let's okay. say we get up to four minutes, and now three minutes in, we got a curtain call. They're like getting up. Hey, where'd you go? You know, let's let's go back to three mm-hmm. minutes and try again. And we can stay there a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But we're, again, we're just stretching their exposure, right? The more right, right, and more right. they'll do it, and we're stretching it within their ability to manage it. Right. Like especially if you've got a kid who's dealing with, you know, anxiety. Um you know, who, who's actually learning how to overcome mm-hmm. fear and stuff like that versus ours who's just saying right. he's scared. But, you know, you're giving them the opportunity to face that fear in small increments that they can manage. Mm-hmm. So now the, the last one, there's another extinction method, is frequent checks. So this is, you know, for the kids that they don't need you to lay in bed and sleep with them, but they're just constant curtain calls and won't stay in bed, okay? So this is where what we're going to do is start with we're going to stand at the door and, all right, sleep time, come on, you know, it's bedtime, let's go to bed. We already did our routine, right? And then you say, you tell them, okay, I'm going to return in five minutes mm-hmm. and check on you, okay? Um. And, and then I would, I, I allow, you know, one thing is I think it's okay for kids to cry and yell and scream. I know, I know depending on the environment, right. uh, siblings, like that sort of thing. We have a time with that because we have a sibling, sure. but we've also put that sibling, like there's been a couple of times where we've needed to do some of this. Right. 
in a controlled way, and we have put the sibling in another room. Temporarily in another Temporarily room. Temporarily sure. for, um, and we've let that sibling know what is happening right. and why they're in a different room for that period. Of so time. even even if they're screaming and stuff, you know, just go and then come back in your check and, and tell them. I mean, even though they yelled and objected, they still stayed in bed. The whole thing is here, we want them to stay in bed. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we'll tell them, okay, you know, and, and we keep it short. We're not, we're not, we're just, okay, I love you. It's bedtime. Good job. All right. I'll be back in another five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, objection. You know, they're going to object to it. And, and then we do the same thing. So we're doing five minutes. If that's not still too much, then we may need to go back and start at a minute. Right. Maybe every minute we or have to Or look at a diff- one of the different extinction methods. Or, yeah. If, yeah. Especially if that's causing significant um, dysregulation, emotional dysregulation in the parent. Right. Um, this is all about the parents. Not, yeah, if the parent's not yeah. able to tolerate that, I have, a, I have a hard time with that. I really struggle with that. But um, there was something I was going to say about that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. It'll, it'll come back to me. All right, so so that's that's the extinction. Oh, I remember. Okay. So one of the you know we've talked about love and logic, mm-hmm. and I love love and logic. Um, and one of the things that I love about it is that it 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 really focuses in on what you as a parent can control, and sleep is not something you can control. Like, and and he does. I've seen a video where the the leader the the guy who runs who heads this up says, "Okay, everybody in this room is in a big." like a conference room where he's like, okay, I want you to go to sleep right now. Right. Go to sleep. Yeah. Go to sleep. Like you can't control that. They can't even control it. You can't control right. it. So focusing on them staying in their bed. Yes. Like that's what I tell my kid. Like when, when, when our little one is like, I'm not tired. I can't sleep. I'm like, well, that's fine. Sweetie. You just have to stay in your bed. Yes. Yes. So, we're, we're making, you know, complex. It's it, sleep is a very complex thing, right? Right. There, there, it is part voluntary and part involuntary. Right. But if they're in their bed, they are mo- significantly more likely to fall asleep. That's what we're addressing. So, yeah. right. So, we're trying to put them in the environment where they can. But I do I do like to mention that because I, sure. I do think a lot of times us parents try to control things that we cannot control and then we get upset. It, we get frustrated and feel out of control. Where, right. So, a lot of times I'll say that, like, you know. I, you're not tired. That's okay, honey. Well, it's bedtime. Absolutely. So yes. I, you don't, you know, you don't have to go to sleep if you're not sleepy. Just lay in your bed. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry. So go ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah. Um. And and again, we're we're with the, with what we're talking about here. Remember, we're we're talking about what we're trying to change is that association. Right. Yeah. We get it away from us and onto something else. Right. Or and away then, from our bed. Yes. Or the couch. Right. Or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. That's that's unsustainable. Okay. So we talked about that, you know, that, that extinction is looking at it as we we are we have a good idea that so that sleep association is the the main driver of this problem, the function. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say that it's it's a little more complicated now and, and that there's something else going on where we're we're avoiding, uh, you know, fear or yeah. anxiety. So yeah. how anxiety plays into this. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I would know nothing about that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I've, I've let, gotten into this bad habit lately of falling asleep on the couch because of uh, challenges with um, 
intrusive thoughts and and negative thoughts that mm-hmm. when I get into bed with somebody who likes healthy sleep habits, like not sleeping with the TV on, um, <laughs> getting into bed where it's quiet and it's dark and it, you know, those thoughts get really loud and really hard to manage. Yes. So even I have have been struggling with that lately. So that's what you're talking about now, yeah. right? Yes. Like with kids. So right. So and, and also looking at so when we let's say that anxiety is playing a big role in this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I know I feel like a broken record, but assessment is it can really help this with case, this, yeah. right? Because uh, seeing a therapist and getting an assessment because. You know, we we do want to rule out like if trauma is um, part of of what's happening here. One hundred percent. You know, we're gonna. We don't want to. I'm speaking to it. Yeah, and, and plus, again, this sounds cold, but I'm looking at it through that behavioral um, modification lens. These these methods aren't going to be as effective. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, leaving out the part that yeah, it's it's going to be scary and not effective. Right, we want yeah. this to be effective. Right. Yeah. So we have to know the function of the behavior. Right. Um, so if we're let's say now let's say if and it's we're anxiety, not just assuming that every kid is manipulative. Like, yeah, d- yeah. Right. Like that's not. And I feel like that has. That's what some of this gentle parenting stuff has really pushed back against. Is that kind of we were gro- we grew up with children are just manipulative and mm-hmm. they're just trying to manipulate you and. Sometimes they are like our, you know, mm-hmm. our four-year-old is very good. Well, they're they're at pragmatic. Getting what he needs yes. in oh, in certain ways, um, that are are not great. Right. Um, but that is not always the case, and that is why it is it is good to see a therapist and 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 make sure that there's not another like you said there's not an anxiety disorder. Um, a medical problem. Well, in even if there even if there is, we'll still we we'll use a lot of these. Right. But we just want to be smart about it and and use it, and we may need to address some other things first. Right. 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 Okay? We may Especially need to give like them trauma. some coping strategies. Right. Because I know that one of the things that, that helps me with sleep is when I'm in, you know whether I am or not am or am not engaging in my res- using my resources and mm-hmm. my coping strategies as I'm going to bed. Okay. So since we brought that up yeah what we may need to do like you know is process some trauma mm-hmm. there yeah and look at safety and right. um uh, but another is is something like you know generalized anxiety disorder okay mm-hmm. that that if if we have you know we just have to ask ourselves as parents and, and it's like okay is this a bedtime thing or is is my is my kid a warrior do right, they yeah. do they have anxiety like all the time right and we're seeing sort of this avoidant behavior, trying to avoid challenging things, new things. If mm-hmm. that's the case, then we, we really want to focus on building some skills first. And, right, and right, the, right. And really, the reason is because at nighttime, and what you right, were talking exactly. about with your experience, is that it's still anxiety, but at nighttime, it's it's amplified. Right, because you don't have any other stimuli. It's dark. That's right. It's quiet. There's no other stimuli to distract. Just you and your anxious and thoughts. Your anxious thoughts. Right? Yeah. Ruminating about the past, worry about the future, right? Just my brain and I, and my brain is not my friend. Right. <laughs> like... So, you know, so interventions though, these bedtime interventions, and, and some of these have are not actually done at bedtime. We do them during the day. But mm-hmm. um, so we're talking about, you know, 
the nighttime fear, the fear of the dark, fear of monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Which I like to basically sum up as like fear of our own imagination. Right, right? yeah. Um, and uh, separation anxiety. Right, right, yeah. Again, separation anxiety can can happen and be pretty mild where we don't really need to uh, derail treatment to focus on that first. But sometimes it can be extremely severe. Right, attachment yeah. issues and, and things like that, trauma. Trauma, okay. right. So we want to make sure that we're addressing those right. if that's the case. And then also, like, separation anxiety is normal in certain early stages, right? Absolutely, like in early yeah. stages because there's a, yeah. I know there's a, a developmental stage where children begin to identify who they know it, like, it, like, um, like pr- between the infant and the toddler stage, like, mm-hmm. they begin to recognize people they know versus people they don't know. Yeah. And... So they start becoming afraid of strangers because they've identified that they don't know this person. Sure. So those sorts of things are normal. So we're talking more about like um, something that has become problematic. Sure. Right. Right. And, you know, I mean, you could you we could basically say that, you know, anxiety is sort of the driver for all change. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, this isn't working anymore. I need to find something else, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um but okay so you know we're also we haven't really talked too much about recurrent nightmares that's a, that's another one that's right. very common yeah um and we become afraid of nightmares right? right so we have all we're kind of just talking about all these different stimuli and mm-hmm. triggers uh and so the way w- interventions are going to focus on the, there's there's basically th- it's a three-legged stool that we're going to address when we hit this anxiety head-on okay mm-hmm. so we're going to look at we're going to use exposure. Right. Okay. So if we basically, you know, because of the idea we, only makes it yes. only makes it bigger. We, we need to experience the distress. Yep. Right. We need to experience that's how we gain mastery. Right. If we, if we avoid, then we're bolstering the, anxi- the anxiety. So we, we need to have a little bit of exposure in there. Right. And I want to do another plug here for parents who have anxiety. Um, because this will trigger your anxiety. Uh, so yeah. if you have, and I know this from experience, so if, you know, this is, again, where it's really important for you to be addressing your own mental health because trying to help your child deal with anxiety when your anxiety is not well managed um, is going to be very triggering. Right. Okay. So so okay. We, need, we need something that's, that's, get, that's got a component of exposure, Right. That's addressing the anxious thoughts. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're and not that's just, where a lot of the CBT like, comes just in. Deal with it. Yeah. And then also uh, positive reinforcement. Right. Okay. So that positive reinforcement I'm talking about is, you know, that that's sort of like praising for when we see the behavior we want to see. Right. Right. And because we need to get some motivation to make change. Right. Okay. All right. So with the exposure, let's talk about that. So we're trying to basically, you know, this is classical conditioning mm-hmm. type of stuff. Remember the stuff that you thought was just old psychology? Right. Yeah, you know, this Bell has to ringing. do with dogs and meat powder. It has nothing to do with humans. Okay, but right. no, this, this this is an effective strategy. So what we're trying to do is is we're trying to get habituation to happen. Okay. Right? So that's that basically that phenomena where, where if we are exposed to a sensation, a feeling, a, a thought that that uh, triggers an emotional response. 
the more we're exposed to that, the longer we're exposed, the more that sensation or that emotion fades. Okay. Right? So, you know, I love a song. It's my favorite song in the whole world. I listen to it over and over and over again. When I listen to it, I imagine myself on stage impressing all my friends. Right. You know, and I just play it over and over and over. And what happens? Eventually it gets old. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have that same effect. And yeah. you keep listening to it, you get sick of it. If I hear My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion <laughs> one more time. Right. <laughs> you know, the, we're, and, and, you know you, you love uh, whatever Big Macs and you eat them every day, forever and ever, you know, you get sick of it. Right. Right. Yeah. So same thing happens with fear and, mm-hmm. and, and this like fear of the dark type of thing. But we need to allow ourselves to be exposed to it. Right. Okay. So, I love doing these. I think they're fun because we can do some of this with games. And and it helps with that parent interaction. This is stuff that we can do outside of bedtime. Okay, Nighttime, play hide-and-go-seek. Turn off all the lights. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, they're siblings. That makes it more fun. Everyone gets a flashlight. Mm Hide-and-seek. Right. Okay, we're going to go in the dark. You know, we're out there. And and when you're playing that, um, when, you know, when everyone's found, then you praise them. Right, right, right Good right. job. That was really brave, right? Yeah. Hide and seek might be a little advanced for some might not do it. Right. Uh, if it with a dark house, We'd give it a try and see. Right. Um, another or one turn is, off most of the lights. Yeah. Or leave a you know a yeah you a lamp can, on you can gradually or, get it yeah. darker if you wanted to. But um, another one is is uh, playing like scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and this is a good one. This is more direct and. Um, that the book I was referring to, they they talk about, they call it treasure treasure hunter, but um, where it's like I like that because and I haven't actually done that specifically. I've always done the hide and the seek, hide and seek, and some other things, but it's like it's their room. So you hide a toy or something in their room, mm-hmm. and it's dark. You guys are all out in the hall, mm-hmm. flashlights on. They go in and get it, mm-hmm. right? And they come out. Yeah, good job. You know, give a little reward, give some praise. Mm-hmm. So. So we're exposed, and, we, and then we hide it more difficult. So they got to spend more time in the dark mm-hmm. by themselves. Right. The more we do that over and over, that's gonna that's gonna help habituate. Right. Okay. Um. This, uh, with the like, um, this is uh, give an example for myself. This is something that I have I have a memory of when I was when I was nine. I watched Poltergeist, mm. and that movie just scared me to death, right? Right. And um, actually, I think I was a little younger, whatever. I but, have a similar memory of something. It was a made-for-TV show. I have no idea what it was, but my aunts were watching it. Mm-hmm. I was with my grandmother or my great-grandmother in Florida. My aunts were watching it. It was some sort of a scary thing. Yeah. Some sort of a, you know, somebody got murdered, and right. that yes. haunted my dreams for years. Yes. Yeah, so um anyway, I watched I watched Poltergeist once and, you know, for the next 30 days or so, I mean, every night I was scared to death of the tree mm-hmm. outside and, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And um it what happened was, you know, I'm from California and before Costco, you know, back in the olden <laughs> days, uh there was a place called Price Club, which is basically Costco. Right. And yeah. So we were there, and they had books and stuff. You know, they sold everything, right? right. And I was looking through the books, and I found this, um, this book that was uh, like a picture book 
from ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I went through that, and um, it showed all the special effects for how they made Poltergeist. Wow. So I'm watching, you know, the puppets and how they did it, and, you know, mm. so I'm seeing this. So that we got a little exposure there, and I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing, oh, wow, that's amazing. Uh, it looks so real, but this is what it actually looks like. Right, right, So right. that, you know, behind the curtain type mm -hmm. of revelation, right? Right. And that really helped a, a ton. Right, yeah. Right? So bringing that to today, let's say, you know, I would say in my experience in the last five years has been Pennywise. Okay, that's been the number one thing kids right. are scared <laughs> of is that clown. So go on YouTube and, and watch you know, like parents can do this, you know, do it first in advance, but look for like a how they made it or how they do it mm -hmm. type of thing where they're showing the people wearing the pinball suits and, you know, with the green screen and, and, and just one, we're exposing, right. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, we're facing it, not avoiding it mm -hmm. and just showing this different side of it where we right, can see right. and we have this control now. Right. Right. So I, I think that, that works. And it's taking it out of reality because I think they're the kids especially and then I know I have a hard time with this like looking at watching a TV show and saying and seeing this is pretend. You know, mm -hmm. we have this discussion all the time because you're like, I don't know, because I don't like scary movies. And you're like, well, but it's just pretend. And I'm like, but I, I don't have that chemical or that switch or whatever in my brain that says this is pretend. Like my brain just sees it. So helping them see the pretend of it right you know helping yes. them see the fun the, the fun it's a and different see somebody mm -hmm. putting that makeup on yes. what that actor looked like before and then yes. putting that makeup on and how like showing how this is pretend right, right. will okay. kind of take some of the the power out of it so i i do want to run through an, an actual exposure strategy at bedtime okay um so and a lot of times you could try this it's, it's sort of the same thing as the extinction, but it's another way of looking at it. This is, this is better for older kids, mm -hmm. okay? Like, where we start bedtime, we again, always the routine. It's time to go to bed. So then we just do, okay, 30 seconds. Now, I, I recommend closing the door. Okay. We're, but we're telling them. We're talking about it. We're saying, okay, we're going to do what we usually do every night. I want you to do 30 seconds, get in bed, I'm going to turn off the lights, I'm going to close the door. I'm going to be right outside, 30 seconds, and I'm coming in. Mm -hmm. Right? So we have to make sure we do it. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we do don't 30, say 30 seconds yeah, and then, then go brush off. your teeth <laughs> and come back in five minutes. Yeah. So we, we do that, then we come in, we give praise. Good job, 30 seconds. Okay, next night, 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Right? And we're, we're just slowly expanding. We're, we're giving that exposure, right? Right, but we're also giving them the opportunity to overcome. Like we're also giving them that's what we the need. opportunity. Yeah, right, we, we we're giving that. the yeah. exposure and mm -hmm. the mastery. That's right. So that's like, right. if oh wow, I could do thirty seconds, I could probably do sixty. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So that's that's the exposure part. Let's talk about the anxiety reduction. This is stuff that you know pretty well. Yeah. This CBT stuff. Right. Okay? Um, so we're, you know we're we're looking at uh, basically cognitive restructuring. Mm -hmm. Right, we have these thoughts that we can't handle this. We're we're gonna get eaten by the monster. Or my parents are never gonna come back. Right, we have these mm -hmm. sort of uh, negative, uh, unrealistic thoughts. Right. Yeah. Mine. Mine are that I can't handle, um, the whatever thoughts are gonna be coming. You know, the intrusive thoughts that I will have when I go to bed are going to be more than I can handle. So 
I'm just going to stay down here and watch TV and fall asleep on the couch. Yep. So. So with this specific interventions, the, the cognitive interventions we can use are we're, we're going to do th- some thought challenging, thought restructuring. Okay. And also um, we're going to do um, therapeutic storytelling. Okay. I don't know if you have ever really. No, I haven't heard about that. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about the cognitive restructuring first. So, um, you know, something, what, what I do is, as I'll, I will do this in session when I'm seeing uh, kids on their own. Right. Or talk to the parents about it, see how they, how they do with this kind of thing. Because they can do it on their own. It's more effective if they can do it. Mm-hmm. But basically it's like, all right, let's have some us time, mm-hmm. this, you know, during the day, right? Let's make mm-hmm. a list of all the worries. Right. Now yeah. that could be a short list. It could be a long one. Okay? Right. We're going to go through those worries and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and we're asking those open-ended, non-judgmental questions, right? Fighting that urge, you know, as parents. And it's interesting. I do this too with my own kids, even though I know this stuff or whatever. But Right. Yeah. But it's like, you know, finding that urge to be like, that's that would never happen. Come on. That's not true. Okay. We're trying yeah, to. That's s- never going to happen. Yeah. It's fine. So instead, that we're just going to hear it. Right? Invalid, and all that does is invalidate. Well, their... it, it doesn't. It doesn't help because they need to face it. So we're right, not yeah. allowing them to face it. Right. Right. We're just blocking it out, and we are trying to help them avoid. Right. Yeah. Right. If we basically say, "Nope, not a fear. That's irrelevant. Will never happen." We're basically saying, "Don't allow yourself to be in the distress of this thought. Shut it down because I don't like you having." Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. You know, invalidating is true. Yeah. But anyway, so so we're, we're going to have them make a list. We're going to go through those. We're going to try to write down all the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Afraid uh, I'm going to wake up in the morning and nobody's going to be here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to um, get the, eaten by Pennywise, right? Yeah, <laughs> an alien is going to come through. Sure. Yeah, my little, my older brothers told my little brothers that my little brother, the aliens, take the youngest first, <laughs> and he refused to sleep with his window right. open for about three years. So, right. Yeah. Now, sometimes kids are going to give some stuff that's pretty realistic, right, and, or possible, mm-hmm. right, um, depending on where we live, what kind of environment. Yeah. I mean, if there's sh- uh, shootings in the neighborhood, then you know that's something that is highly plausible. The, now, so for those things that the let's say that they are possible, um, someone breaking into the house, right? That could or happen. a house fire, or a house fire, right? Good example, yeah. So with those, what we're gonna do? So we're making the list of what their fears are and what their what their beliefs are about it. Now we're gonna challenge it, challenge the thoughts mm-hmm. by um, talking about what's more realistic and adaptive, mm-hmm. right? Not positive and fake. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now, so for the things that are probable or, or not probable, but possible, mm-hmm. highly possible, we we should focus those thoughts on what parents are doing to keep them safe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, we well, we have smoke that. detectors. We have, you know, so we're talking, it's, it is reassurance, but mm-hmm. we're, we're demonstrating how, you know, we've taken this into account. And so the, here's what we have to counter it so we can feel safe. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. We talk. I. I. I often use that when I'm redirecting the curtain call about I'm scared that that's you right. know somebody's going to get you're yeah. safe. Mommy and daddy are in the next room. Right. Right. All the doors are locked. You know that kind of stuff. Right. 
So we're we're um, and then for the ones that are basically about imagination, mm-hmm. right? Then we want to look at something that's um, that's more like well, that yes, that is a scary thought, but you are brave and you can handle this, right? Right, right, right. Um, that yes, I'm afraid that Pennywise is going to bite my arm off, but he has not yet. Right. Right. See, well, we're not necessarily and, saying pot. We're just being more realistic. Right. right? And have you ever known of anybody who's who Pennywise? Yeah, the, like, have yeah, any, we have of any your real friends? Victims? Like, do we have any real? Like, have we heard right. of anything about like that? That's yeah. right. So we're we're just sort of challenging this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And and we're teaching them and having them say this stuff out loud. So we want a a yes, but type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, yeah, I'm scared that this will happen, but you know. Mm-hmm. My parents keep me safe, or or whatever. So or I'm we're really just considering brave, both, or, yeah. yeah, because we know we can't make that worry thought go away, but we can add other thoughts, right? Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just helping them to restructure that thinking. If they can say that over and over, it it, it can help. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So okay, another another anxiety management strategy is worry time. I used to use this one a lot. I kind of mm-hmm. got away from it. You know about that one? Is that like a a specific time time limited yes 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 daytime so it's like okay we have worry time worry time is for for you know whatever 20 minutes 30 minutes we're going to do it at the same time every day and this is the time to worry now kids get to choose if they want to do it alone or with a parent mm-hmm. okay but basically during that time we can talk about all the worries if we're part of it then we're just going to listen and be like, yeah, that sounds, yeah, yeah that sounds scary Ooh. Okay. So mm-hmm. what we're doing with that, that sounds I know that can kind of sound like what's the point? But what we're trying to do is train the brain here a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh also we're getting a little exposure. Right. right? Yeah. We're allowing those thoughts to be there and be in it. But we're doing it during a time we feel a little more safe, which is not nighttime. Right. And we're so, facing those fears. Right. Like because a lot of times pushing those fears away right. actually is counterproductive and makes them bigger. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like, I found that like there, my anxiety is a lot like a toddler. Sure. Like the more I try to um, push it away, the louder, more insistent it gets, so that it starts climbing up my leg. And, That's right. Yeah. 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 So, so another thing it does, what I like about it is that during bedtime, now and and any time that is not worry time, we now have them practice to say, "Ooh, okay, that thought just popped up. I'm worried about that. I'm going to." you know, think about that during worry time mm-hmm. and then just sort of move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, we're, we're again, we're acknowledging it's there. We're not trying to fight it or make it go away, but I'm going to really worry about this at, at worry time. I'm going to bank that one. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, then do you like try to, um, cause I know one of the, one of the things that I do is I try to have something that I do want to think about because it's, it's a, it's an, it's really hard not to think about something. So I know with with um, our four year old, like when he has talked about bad dreams and I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that, then I have tried to get him talking about like, well, what kind of dream would you like to have? Let's mm-hmm. you know, let's think about that. Would you like right. to you know chase bunnies in a in a field of of pretty flowers? Right. Like, what you know, would you like to have one about you know your favorite you know SpongeBob right. or you know would you like to go on an adventure with the Paw Patrol? Mm-hmm. Like, 
do you do anything like that like trying to no read you don't okay. i don't yeah um because it just we can't make it go away right okay the and really the the last the part that is who this actually helps the most is the parents oh okay i think mm-hmm. uh, that that's the strongest that's the biggest strength of this one this mm-hmm. intervention because the parents now will stop reassuring and saying, you know, oh, you don't have to be worried. Instead, oh, they're right, going right, to say, right. oh, that's a good one. Let's let's talk about it or let's think about it next worry time. Yeah. So now the parents stop the reassurance trap they get in. Right. Right? Because a lot of times kids bring up these worries because they, they want to talk about them and get some reassurance. I said, oh, put it on your list. Let's talk about it at 4 o'clock or, you know. Right. Well, and I also would think that would help with the rumination too, because you're not you're not feeding into the rumination Mm -hmm. of it. Like you're like acknowledging it. Okay, we're gonna talk about that at another time. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what do you what do you think of that one? Have you ever tried that before? Um, Like with with your with yourself. Thought about it. Uh Um. But I I haven't tried it myself. We've talked about it with other things. Yeah. Like with things that we're annoyed with mm-hmm. <laughs> and having a time to like, okay, we're going to talk about that for like five minutes right. and then we're going to go on. This, and I will tell you that this sounds to me, just speaking about us for a second, mm-hmm. like a really bad husband trap. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine in real life where it's like, oh yeah, sweetheart, let's think about that during worry time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works yeah, best but, with kids. Yeah, so. it works best with kids. Okay. All right. Tell Although us. really we have like and my therapist brought that up when we were going through some really difficult things mm-hmm. and and things were coming we were we went through a season of feeling like we were just getting hit left, right, and center and it really took over our life. Right. Like we were just almost every minute of every day was consumed by these life challenges that we were facing Mm -hmm. and my therapist did recommend having a specific time of the day that we talk about it and then other times when we don't talk about it and we did we discussed that and actually it kind of changed it we didn't even really need it all that much but just thought thinking about like oh man this is really taken over our life we need to put this back into perspective so We've used it in that way, right. and it has been helpful. And with adults, this is this is a really good strategy for like grief time, you know, having yeah. grief time. But I know that's so it, it's got a place. Uh, but I, I've used I've used it before, and sometimes it has it's it's more effective with adults than kids. Mm-hmm. So the parents have got to do it. You know, they've they, they've got to drive that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they get a little frustrated because you know. Obviously, at four o'clock in the afternoon, we're not really thinking about it, mm-hmm. and then they don't want to bring it up and bring up what the worries are, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it can be a, a bit challenging. But but it's a strategy if you find if you think that would be helpful mm-hmm. for your or possibly even something to try right. and see if it is helpful. So another another one here that I want to talk about. This is one of my favorites to do um, by far, which is therapeutic storytelling. Okay. All right. So. Um, what what I like to do when I, I I gotta tell you a little confession here like when I see like let's say eight or nine year old fear of the dark and it's about something that has to do with imagination 
mm-hmm. right? So or a monster that's going to eat us or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's going to be so fun. I was the one who thought I would wake up in the middle of the night and think there were snakes at the end of my bed. Mm-hmm. And like I would not, I would be terrified to to move or stretch out my feet because I would just wake sure. up with this thought in my yes. head that there's a snake at the end of my bed. Yeah. Or I have this thing about like not hanging my feet over the bed uh-huh. because there might be a monster or something That's right. under the bed. Like, yep. And I still sleep under the covers because, you know, if somebody ever breaks into my house or there's a monster, they're going to be like, oh my God, she's under the covers. I can't. Right. Oh, darn. So, so yeah, yeah, so what we're what we're doing here again, we're getting a little exposure, but we're right. talking about the monster, and and what we what I like to do is I like to have kids write a letter to the monster, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, and it usually goes something along the lines of, okay, um, uh, you know, Mister Monster or whatever. Hopefully, they'll name it, right? Yeah. that makes it even better. Um, you know, but Mister Monster, um. You know, I'm. It's okay that you're here, but I have a few requests or comments. Okay. Okay. So we're getting a little acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so basically, it could just be, you know, whatever they request, mm-hmm. right? Um, can you please not be under the bed? Can you please, you know, not try to? And and plus, they have to think about what they would what's actually happening here mm-hmm. right because a lot of times they can't think of anything to say all right right mm-hmm. like what what are they actually doing what's the are monster doing eat your toes are they gonna eat your toes right <laughs> like in the story <laughs> in the yeah story. <laughs> or you know but the it's not something because it's not something that's concrete in there mm-hmm. right so they got to really think about it now we're gonna get in a little dissonance here mm-hmm. right and it seems a little ridiculous to even do this that's a good sign Mm-hmm. okay um but you know it's like what would you like what would you like them to do um again we can't ask them to go away that that's that's not gonna work mm-hmm. um but they're gonna be there so what would you like them to do make sure that they don't eat you or how about since they haven't yet how about you say thank you for not eating me right okay um i i would like if i have to go up, get up and go to the bathroom that you would please uh you know go into the closet and stay there so i can get up right right so we're, we're really thinking about this and we're, we're, we're again, facing into the fear, really working mm-hmm. with it, talking about it. With, with younger kids, I'll have them draw pictures mm-hmm. uh, of that, that, that type of thing. And, and so we're just getting them to really think about it. Um, we can also tell a story, right, where it's like, um, you know, what's, who's your favorite superhero? Mm-hmm. And would they, you know, what would they do if you were them? Right. Can we pretend to be them? Mm-hmm. Now, funny enough, that usually when I do that, what I'll get is like, oh, that's kind of ridiculous, right? Even like a seven-year-old, eight-year-old. Yeah. But that's gold. That's, that's golden. That's good. Right. right because that it's, because yeah. it's like, okay, even they they see how you know they're kind of like, I, you know, Superman's not gonna, he's got bigger fish to fry here. He's not gonna help me. He's not gonna sleep. be worried about a monster right. under his bed. But now, but now that's some reality-based thinking. See that, and, right. and and now they're thinking more reality-based, and that this is not really actually a big thing or not even a true thing. They're starting to see that dissonance there, where this is actually their imagination. That's right. Well, and they're starting to realize, like, I'm not scared of Superman, so why am I? 
you know, I'm not scared of Superman because he's not real. So mm-hmm. why am I scared of a monster? Right. Because they may not be real either. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's, let, how about you just pretend to be Superman? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, what would Superman do if this happened? Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're, again, we're just, what, what we're showing is like, look, your imagine created, your imagination created this. Your imagination can also solve it. Right. Yeah. And also what it's doing on the on the back end, what I like about it is that we're showing them too, there's an in vivo demonstration mm-hmm. here of how we can't make thoughts go away. We, there's no delete button on, on, on fears or thoughts, mm-hmm. but we can add new ones. We can right. create new ones. Yeah. Your imagination, you it's limitless as they right. can see. This is not some, this is something that we have a lot more control over than, than what you think. Right, 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 because you're manipulating it and you're controlling it, so now it becomes smaller mm-hmm. and you, you feel more empowered. Like, I can I can imagine, a, you know, prompting a kid to, like, you know, ask their monster that if they play with their toys during the night, can they please put them back? Yes, you know? that would and be, yes. now they think, like, oh, the monster's not here to eat me. He's just going to play with my toys. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you right. can read my books, but don't read this one. Right. You know, this one's my favorite. Right. Or... This one's my favorite. You should read that one. Sure. You know, yes. like I'll leave this out for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I think that kind of stuff is is really is really good, and it's getting them in that right direction where they're mm-hmm. where they're able to do it. Another is like, okay, well, the monster that I'm seeing is actually probably the shadow cast with the light, but maybe the monster is actually only four inches tall. Right. You know. I love. I think. Um, <clears throat> Monsters Inc. was one of the best movies ever mm-hmm. because it shows how the monsters are actually scared of the kids, right? Like, right. and it just flips that. It just flips that on the flips that on its head. Yes, it yeah. shows us such a different. And then you end up rooting for the monsters, you know? Right. It's, so yeah. Okay, so um, another one that I've I've used before too, and this this was good with with trauma. Um, or is workable with trauma is uh, image rehearsal therapy. Mm. Okay, so this is for like the recurrent dreams mm-hmm. and recurrent nightmares. And so same kind of thing, but basically we're having kids write the story in like a narrative mm-hmm. or tell the story in a narrative. Of their dream. Yeah, and then and then just have them rewrite it, oh, right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. add new things, you know, and you can get really out there with it, you know. Make it really silly, or yeah, make it really, really silly, happy, funny, right? Something or, like that, yeah, or something you laugh at, and they rehearse it. And you mm-hmm. just rehearse it before bed, tell the story, you know, during bedtime routine, mm-hmm. um, and just keep telling that story. And and re- again, that's just another form of that, you know, restructuring, right? Right. So a lot more about that, but I, you know, yeah, I was gonna say like if if you're dealing with trauma, then definitely have. A professional who's helping you because sure. you want to have a lot more mm-hmm. strategies and things yeah so the last leg of it is the um you know the positive reinforcement which is across the board we want to be doing that no matter what but yeah. but how positive reinforcement is not just give you know giving a cash reward for things we ought to be doing anyway right right yeah we're talking about giving verbal praise we're talking up the bravery mm-hmm. we're talking up you know because you know that that bravery Basically, what we're trying to say is that it is inside of you. You have that. You are capable. Mm-hmm. We're just having trouble turning it on. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if we sit in this long enough, it'll turn on. Yeah. 
Well, and also the thing that I love about talking to my kids about bravery is that you cannot be brave without fear. That's like, right. In That's order good, yeah. to be brave, mm-hmm. there has to be fear. Right. So bravery is not the absence of fear. Bravery is 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 in the face of fear. Right. So, you know, talking to them about that and like who they who they know who's really brave or mm-hmm. they're superheroes and yeah. you know, I'm sure Spider Man is scared, you know, when he jumps from one building to the next, but he mm-hmm. is brave and he does it anyway. Sure. Yeah. And what else have you ever done in your life that you were scared of and you were brave and you did it anyway? You remember when you rolled the rode the roller coaster a couple of months ago and you were scared mm-hmm. but you rode it anyway and everything right. tri- yeah. That's ev- you're providing evidence, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So and we want to be realistic. We don't want to make it up. Um, you know, it's it's bravery that we're looking for and mm-hmm. not confidence, right? Because mm-hmm. confidence is is what what we have after we've we've mastered it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're looking for bravery and some of the things too for that is you know another one I didn't mention is I think I learned this one from doing like when I was taking some play therapy trainings, but uh, like a bravery stone, like an actual tangible token or item, mm-hmm. where again it's like here you know here's a here's a bravery stone. This will help mm-hmm. you. Again, it's we're just trying to give something because we know they're able, they're capable. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're using their imagination. And again, it's like, you know, the stone isn't bravery, but it's going to turn the bravery on inside of you. Right, yeah. Right? Of so, course, not for toddlers who put everything in their mouth in the middle of the Yeah, night. no, <laughs> none of this stuff. We're, <laughs> That's, all I mean, this stuff today we've been talking about is for older, yeah. we're talking about older kids. But Yeah, and that, like, I gave those to the girls when they when they started their new schools this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, worry, worry stones. Right. So, to um, take with them, but, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. that's that's everything. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, that those all sound like doable strategies. Yeah. And I like that there's multiple strategies. So there's not just one way to do this. No. So that parents can really think about what's going to work best for your family. Because you can come up with the best treatment plan in the world, but if it's not going to work for the family, then it's not going to succeed. So. Right. You know trusting the parent empowering the parents to know what is going to work for them and their family and what is in that growth zone you know Mm -hmm. we were talking about that in a training the other day about like your comfort zone and your growth zone and then beyond your growth zone is like your you know it, it goes bad whether it's panic or trauma or you know it goes too far so like what is in what is outside of your comfort zone but within that growth zone. Sure. So yeah. okay. I think that's great. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I think again, seeing a a therapist even just for an assessment and a treatment plan, I think it's you know, a, a great idea. Just depending on, on your situation. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and I don't believe that it is harmful to try. Mm-mm. I I don't. I, I I think it's it's okay to try new things. Yep. You know, we don't have to have a therapist for everything. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But if it's but if it's complicated and we're we've tried a lot of different stuff and they and, haven't worked, yeah, then and, yeah, and we're worried that, that we're seeing like distress that's really just really setting off our own anxiety and our own problems. Yeah, I really think it's worth it. 
Yeah, I was going to say, especially if you have trauma, like if the child has trauma, if the parent has trauma, or if the parent is really struggling, if it's really, um, like, you know, I hate to overuse the word trigger, but if it's, Mm -hmm. if it's eliciting, you know, strong emotions in the adult, the parent that, and the parent is struggling to manage those, then that's definitely a time to bring in some reinforcement. All right. Well, that's it. All right. Well, thanks. All right. We'll talk to you soon.